Have you been keeping up? How many weeks pregnant am I right now? I am 29 weeks pregnant, and according to the app on my phone, the baby inside my belly is the size of one rollerblade skate. And it feels like it too, because this kid will kick my ribs, my stomach, and my bladder all at the exact same time. Welcome to Starting Sustainability. This is episode 29, and I'm your host, Kaylin Chenoweth. It has been a rough week around the Chenoweth household. We've learned a few things. First of all, the wooden toys that my son got for Christmas do not work well in my house because my dog has a taste for them and has eaten two-thirds of his wooden toys, which really stinks because now we have to get new toys because <laughs> now my son doesn't have anything to play with. But the good news is, now that they are broken and beyond repair, he, he chewed them up pretty well. We'll at least add them to our fire pile, which stinks because this is the most expensive firewood that I've ever had to buy that's okay. So I think going forward, we will just stick with previously used toys or what we call pre-loved toys or even plastic toys that are made from recycled plastic because my dog does not want to eat those, but the wooden ones he really likes. I'm at the point now where I have heartburn almost every single day and I cannot make it more than an hour without having to go to the bathroom because there is so much pressure on my bladder. My husband has also been on call for the last two weeks straight, which means it's a lot of extra stress because he's on call around the clock for two weeks, which is a really long time to be on call, but that's just how it is in the electrical world, I guess. There's a lot of planning and prepping for when he goes out on call. It's a lot more work on my end if he's gone all day long on his day off or he's called out in the middle of the night. It's just it's just a higher stressful two weeks. So luckily that has ended. As of seven o'clock tonight, that is now done. Thank goodness. Oh, and the last doozy that happened this week, my son went to a birthday party on Saturday and on Sunday morning had a little bit of crusties in his eye. Went to church, got out of church. I noticed his eye had a little bit more mucus, crusty stuff. Then he took a nap in the afternoon, and when he woke up, his eye was very swollen and had a whole lot of crusties, and then it clicked. Oh no, that is pink eye. Ah, the joys of parenthood. So we've been dealing with that, and trying to get eye drops into a 19-month-old is, he does not enjoy it, so it's definitely a two-grown-adult-person job to get those things into his eyes. Poor kid. So twice a day, he is tortured relentlessly by us because of that, because we love him, because we're parents, because we're trying to take care of him. So that's the reality of what's been going on in my world. Today, I'd like to talk about preventing food waste and sustainable food practices, including shopping and storing, prepping, cooking, what to do with leftovers and some other little hacks. I was asked about this a while back by one of the listeners, so I appreciate the feedback. It just kind of took me a little bit to put it together, and this was this topic was brought up before Christmas, and I already had a whole slew of things lined up 
for Christmas for the whole month of December. Now I'm able to devote some time and focus in on this topic. It is very tricky to have a zero waste kitchen. It can be done. I have not completely figured it out yet, but if you can at least reduce it down to 30, 20, or even 10% food waste, that's still a very monumentous victory. Monumentous? I think I made that up. Monumental. A monumental victory is really what I was going for. It's tough to put together an episode that fits everybody for this because everybody's from different parts around the world, around the country. They have different stores and farmers markets available to them. Different fruits and vegetables are available in different seasons. So it's tricky. I'm going to take the approach of this is starting sustainability. So these are tips and tricks to get you started. We may not get down to completely zero waste, but this will be a really good beginner step. And of course, if you have additional ideas more than what I talk about today, please, please share them. We have the Starting Sustainability Facebook group, and that is probably the easiest mode of communication for everybody involved. If you do not want to use that, then you're more than welcome to email me directly, which is kaylin, K-A-Y-L-I-N, at startingsustainability.com. And you can just email me what you are doing, your tips and tricks, and I'm happy to share them as a follow-up on the next episode as well. So the first topic is shopping. You got to go get the food. You want to use reusable bags, reusable produce bags, put them in the car. That way you already have them, put them by the door. That way when you're on your way to the car, you will see them and grab them. Because the hardest part is remembering to use those bags, remembering to bring them with you. While you're in the store, try to shop in bulk bins if those are at a store near you, if you're able to. And look for some sustainable packaging. This is where it gets hard because I am also a dietitian, and a lot of times food items that are in a sustainable package like a cardboard box or a tin can or aluminum can, they're not always the healthiest. The healthiest is going to be fresh fruits, fresh vegetables, get your meat fresh, but a lot of times those will still come with a plastic wrap around them, which is frustrating, which is why we say shop at the farmer's market. But if you're like me, who's in a very cold climate right now, there are not any farmer's markets in the wintertime. So it gets tricky. There are some stores that do have a bulk food section, like Whole Foods. That's not close to me. It's over an hour away. It's a special trip just to go there. Some people would also complain about the price and call it the whole paycheck. That's a factor. You have to be able to afford to feed your family I don't want you to have to pick between feeding your family and making your mortgage or your rent or your electric bill. We do have a Kroger store nearby, which is a grocery store, and they have a small selection of bulk bins, but it's really just trail mix, candies, and some grains. You can get rice and quinoa, and sometimes they'll have lentils and dried beans, but that's really it. So the point is, it gets really tricky. You just do the best that you can. But I don't want you to negate health, and I don't want you to go into financial ruin over this. You just do the best that you can with what you've got. Control the things that you can control. You can control reusable bags or reusable produce bags. And also, the last tip is check the dates when you're purchasing food items to make sure that you'll be able to eat them up before they go bad. 
Stores will put items on clearance or at discount because they know they're about to go bad and they'd rather sell it to you at discount than waiting for it to expire. Once that expiration date hits, they are not allowed to legally sell it to you. The food item might still be good and most of the time they usually are still good, but because they've hit that date, they cannot sell it to you. They have to pull it and throw it away. Some grocery stores do have an alternative way of donating those items to a homeless shelter or to a Feeding America to some type of food bank. The part I want you to focus on is that when you see an item at discount or clearance, you think, heck yeah, I get to save money, but check the date and make sure that it's not expiring the next day. Make sure you have enough time to eat it up. Otherwise, all you did was waste money on a product that now you are going to have to throw away or compost or either way, you're not going to be able to eat it. Once you get home from the grocery store, you now need to store your food. I don't know if anybody has ever heard of the FIFO rule, which is F-I-F-O. It stands for first in, first out. This is a rule that we use in food service. To implement this rule, what you are doing is you are taking the new items and you're going to put them at the back of the fridge and the older items are going to be towards the front of the fridge. And you'll do this with your cupboards or any place that you store your food items. So whichever items you bought first are now going to be, those are the first ones in and therefore they will be the first ones out. So if you rotate when you add new items, they go, the new items go to the back, forcing the older items to the front. It makes it easier for you to eat the food items before they go bad. There are many items that you're going to buy, mostly fruits and vegetables or produce, that you can extend their storage life just by properly storing them. You have to put them in the fruit or the vegetable crisper and you have to make sure that you have that little vent open or closed depending on what kind of produce it is. You may have to do a little bit of research to figure out the best way to store certain produce in order for it to last longer. Most people think, oh, as long as I put it in a plastic bag, like a Ziploc bag or the plastic produce bag that it comes in, that'll keep it fresher longer, which can be true, but we can also avoid all that plastic and waste just by doing taking the time to do a little bit extra research. For example, you want your onions and potatoes not in the fridge. You want them in a basket in a dark place. If you have lettuce, then you can wrap it up in a tea towel and place that in the fridge. Other items like celery or rhubarb and even heads of lettuce, you can cut off part of the stems and then you can soak it in a glass of water either in the fridge or on your counter and that will help, that will help it last longer. If you're able to get fresh bread from a bakery, or even if you bake the bread yourself, you can wrap it in a cloth or a pillowcase and then store it in a wooden bread bin. For me personally, my husband and I like two different kinds of bread. So he has his loaf of bread and I have my really delicious, super hearty, grainy, heavy texture bread that he can't stand. <laughs> but I don't eat it quick enough to stop it from going bad. So I do keep mine in a plastic bag in the fridge to keep it fresher longer. And I do that because I buy my bread at the store. I don't have a bakery near me and I'm not able to bake bread here at the house. I don't have a bread maker. That's, um, I make enough food from scratch. That's, that's just one I have not taken on. 
Maybe I need to add that onto my New Year's bucket list. Learn how to make bread. But either way, if you don't want to use the plastic bag, then you can put it in Tupperware. And that would be another way to help seal it and keep the freshness in it. And by putting it in the fridge, it slows down the mold process. If you're able to get a fresh block of cheese, then you can wrap it in a beeswax wrap. If you have luck with this. <laughs> I know some people who have tried beeswax wraps and they're all the rage for zero waste. The problem is that they just don't last that long. You can barely wash them because it will take the wax off. And even after maybe 10-15 uses, the wax starts peeling off and it doesn't seal. And you can re-wax the wraps, but that's just, to me, is a lot of work. Maybe Tupperware would be a better option. I personally have never been able to buy just a block of cheese, plain as is. It's always had a plastic wrap around it. Even at the farmer's market, they have a way of wrapping it up in saran wrap and whatnot to keep it fresher longer. So I get it. But if you do get, if I go to the grocery store and I get a block of cheese that comes in a plastic wrap, once you open it, now you have exposed cheese and it's going to, so instead of getting saran wrap and wrapping it around, you can put it in a Tupperware. You can get a silicone Ziploc bag. You can do other ways to seal it off and preserve it without being wasteful. If you're able to get fresh beans or peas from your garden or even at the farmer's market or even at the grocery store, you can just wrap them in a damp cloth and place them in the fridge and that'll keep them fresher longer. And then carrots, you can place those in a jar of water and put them in the fridge and that will keep them going much longer as well. And now they're not going to dry out and get gross. There are of course many more different food items than just the ones that I've talked about, but this is getting you started, getting you going in the right direction. After you buy the food and store it, you want to eat it. So now let's talk about prepping and cooking your food. So during the prep, save all of your scraps and take the time to think about what can be done with these scraps. You can utilize bones for a broth or a stock, different veggies for a veggie stock. You can actually freeze the vegetable scraps that you have until you gather enough of them to cook up for a stock. And then my personal favorite, because it's the easiest, you can give the scraps to the dog. <laughs> and you can give it as is. You can make homemade dog treats or you can compost them. Leftovers. Now this is a hot topic for debate. I am a huge fan of leftovers. However, there are many people who cannot stand leftovers. If you're one of those people, we might have to rethink this part. But if you're like me and you love leftovers, great, stay tuned. Once you've cooked up your food, obviously save the leftovers. And if you're not able to eat it all, then freeze the leftovers. Because when you put it in the fridge, it's only good for three to four days. I'm not going to lie, sometimes we stretch it to five or six days. And I know that there are people who are worse off who just do the open it and smell it test. They smell it or look to see if there's mold. <laughs> I always date everything. But if you know you're not going to be able to eat it all in the next three to four days or there's just too much, like when I talked about my Thanksgiving fiasco, I had all that stuffing left over, then break it up into different storage containers, whether you want to use Tupperware or jars, whatever works for you. Just put it in the different storage containers and then you can freeze it. When you freeze items, you have like six months. And that also means that you have a really quick and simple, when you're running 
late or in a hurry, you can just have a frozen meal, basically. You can just grab it and pop it in the microwave and be good to go. You can also save all of your jars for storing leftovers, like your spaghetti sauce jars, baby food jars, peanut butter containers. Save these items and utilize them as storage containers for your leftovers. One, it's reducing waste, and two, now you don't have to go buy storage containers. I just saved you some money. A very simple trick for writing dates on your containers, use a dry erase marker. It'll wash right off. It'll even rub right off. And that way you're not marking up all of your storage containers with a permanent marker. Just use a dry erase marker. And then abide by the dates to prevent anybody from getting a foodborne illness. We do not want that. It is not worth it. Another thing, I have seen it. I have not personally bought it or used it. But there, if you have leftovers in a bowl or a casserole dish instead of a saran wrap, Topping, it's like a stretchy silicone cover that you can put over the food dish. And that way you don't even have to transfer it to a whole nother container. So it's reducing the amount of dishes that you have to wash at the end. I'm not sure what they're called. They're, it's just, they're like stretchy silicone food covers. A lot of people really like those because it will take the place of saran wrap. Last thing I want to talk about is a little category of miscellaneous. Just kind of think it through when you're walking through the kitchen and you're cooking your food. Monitor what food is about to go bad. That's the food that you need to create a meal with. If you have leftovers, if you have like scraps of different things, what can you do with them other than just compost them? So if you have the heel of the bread, very few people enjoy the heel of the bread. I get that. But if you have that, what can you do with it? You can dry it out and make croutons with it. You can utilize it for bread pudding. There are different things that you can do. If you have bananas, uh, see bananas, you buy them green and you wait like three days. All of a sudden they're yellow for two hours. Of course you're at work, not at home when they're yellow. And then by the time you get home, they're brown and covered in spots. <laughs> bananas have like the shortest time of perfection of any fruit possible. They go from underripe to overripe, just like that. My point is, if you have bananas that are going bad, you don't have to throw them away. You can actually freeze them and save them for smoothies or let them get a little bit worse. Let them get nice and brown and then you can use them for banana bread or banana pudding or a banana cake or banana cookies. There are so many different things that you can do. Oh, I know people that will make banana pancakes. Those are delicious. And then the last thing that I could think of, there's a million more things, but this is just what I was able to get together in this crazy chaotic week that I had. Milk. I've seen this a couple of times and, and, I've, and I've talked about it on the podcast in the past. I went to the store and milk was 90 cents for the whole gallon. Heck yeah, but it was going to go bad in like two days. There's no way I'm going to be able to drink an entire gallon of milk in two days. But what can I do with that? For 90 cents, I bought the milk and I was able to make homemade yogurt and now I've extended the life. So I got to save money on the milk, save money on the yogurt that I made from home, which is very easy. I did it in a crock pot and it was easy. If you have an Instapot, it's like seven minutes to make yogurt or something like that. I don't own an Instapot yet. It was on my Christmas list, but it didn't happen. But I had stipulations. I want to get it used. I didn't want to buy a brand new one. But anyways, the point is you can do a lot of 
things with your food that is about to go bad or the food that you have left over or the scraps of your food. You don't always have to throw it away or compost it. There are other options to extend the value of the money that you use to purchase all of this food and you can still feed your family. I know this was another brief podcast. I hope it was jam-packed full of new information for you. And of course, like I said before, if you have additional ideas or tips and tricks that you want to share, just reach out on the Facebook group or you can email me and I'm happy to do a follow-up on the next episode to let everybody know. I know that this is the starting version of reducing food waste and going towards a zero waste kitchen. I hope you've learned a lot and that you're able to implement a lot of these practices that we discussed. I hope everybody has a wonderful rest of their week. I hope mine gets better. And I will talk to everybody next week. Have a great one. Bye.